just wanted to uh, just build on that uh, a, a little bit because, you know, when you talk about, when we, it's like a vision. What we're talking about here is, is a vision. Uh, you know, that we are where we're at, but we want to be somewhere. We want to be in a place where, uh, where we're uh, not only coexisting, but we are uh, really uh, living together uh, with, a, uh, with a unified vision, you know? And, uh, and so that's why this work is so important. And even uh, epitomized so much in that song, One Day, One Day, you know? Uh, in that day, uh, uh, you know, there would be uh, th there would be one, and and certainly uh, we read in a variety uh, of uh, of places uh, in the scriptures. One of them, you know, uh, is uh, we say it uh, in uh, our uh, uh, in our in our prayers. Uh, certainly, uh, you know, in the Alenu, right. The Lord will be king over the, all the earth, and that day, uh, you know, Bayom Hahu, his name will be one, right? He will be one. Uh, the Lord will be king over all the earth, and that day the Lord will be one, and his name uh, the only one. And so uh, there is a, a vision of, in the, in the Tanakh, right? In, in the Brit Chadasha also, of a unity, uh, because God indeed is one. And even in the uh, uh, even in the Brit uh, Chadasha, uh, in the Book of Romans, at the end, is is uh, uh, he says, "Is God the God of Jews only? He is not the God of Gentiles also. Yes, of Gentiles also, uh, since indeed God who will justify the circumcised by the Jews by faith." And the uncircumcised, the nations, through faith, is one. Comes right from the, uh, the Shema. Uh, and so uh, that certainly is a, a, a biblical value. Uh, you know, unity, uh, oneness. Uh, yet at the same time, maintaining our own personal distinctives and, and ethnicity and, and culture that God has given to us. It's like a gift from God. Varieties of cultures and expressions and, you know, and, and, and all of that. But even the, the vision uh, in, the, in the Bible, in the scriptures, is uh, this unity under the headship uh, of God. And it's interesting that uh, the name of this organization is called Beit HaGefen, right? You know from those of you uh, who are here, we say, we'll say, we'll have Kiddush, right, at the, uh, at the end of the service. And what do we say? Borei Peri HaGafen, right? Uh, the fruit of the vine. Borei Peri HaGafen, right? Uh, the fruit of the vine. Well, here you have House of the Beit HaGefen, House of the Vine, Right? Uh, and uh, and so in northern Israel, it's certainly uh, very fruitful and and all of that. So an appropriate name, but you know that also reminded me that uh, in uh, the uh, Bible, the uh, the vine is very important. the The vine is very important. Israel is known as the vine, the vineyard, right? And it's interesting that you have uh, in the Psalms. Uh, in Psalm 80, a, a very interesting uh, prayer prayed by a man uh, whose name was um, Asaf. Isn't that interesting? 
And, was that you? No, no, it was not you. Okay, I just wanted to get that. Okay. That's it. That's right. Asaf. Uh, and in uh, uh, Psalm 80, uh, we read, O oh, give ear, shepherd of Israel, uh, thou who dost lead Joseph like a flock, thou who art enthroned above the cherubim, shine forth. Before Ephraim and Benjamin and Manasseh, stir up thy power. Come to save us. O oh God, restore us and cause your face to shine on us and we will be restored. O oh Lord of hosts, how long will you be angry with the prayer of thy people? Thou hast fed them with the bread of tears. Thou hast made them to drink tears in large measure. Thou dost make us an object of contention to our neighbors. And our enemies laugh among themselves. This could be a prayer that uh, we, we could pray uh, today, right? O God of hosts, restore us and cause thy face to shine on us and we'll be saved. That restoration here is, is peace. That's what the, the context of this is, you know, uh, this restoration is peace. Restore us. Thou, dost remove, thou didst remove a vine from Egypt. Thou didst drive out the nations and didst plant it, and didst clear the ground before it, and it took deep root and filled the land. It's talking about Israel being the vine of God, being taken out of Egypt and planted in Eretz Yisrael, being planted in Eretz Yisrael. The mountains were covered with its shadow and the cedars of God with its bows. It was sending out its branches to the sea and its shoots to the river. Why hast thou broken down its hedges, so that all who pass that way pick its fruit? A boar from the forest eats it away, and whatever moves in the field feeds on it. In other words, difficulty, difficulty. The vine has difficulty. O God of hosts, turn again now. We, be we beseech you. We be beg you. We pray to you. Look down from heaven and see and take care of this vine, even the shoot which thy right hand has planted, and on the sun whom thou hast strengthened for thyself. It is burned with fire, it is cut down. They perish at the rebuke of thy countenance. Let your hand be upon the man of your right hand, upon the son of man whom you didst make strong. Then we, we shall not turn back. Revive us, and we will call upon your name. O Lord God of hosts, restore us. Cause your name to shine in us, and we will be saved. It's a great prayer. Great prayer of being restored. Restore the vine. Restore the vine. In lots of other places, you know, there's a great parable of a vine in the fifth chapter of Isaiah. You can read that on your own, uh, where it says God, God plants a vineyard, right? And it's, it's a beautiful vineyard, but uh, it's not really taken care of very well. And you know what happens uh, when you don't take care of your tomato plants, right, in your backyard, uh, bad things happen, right? And so bad things happen to the vineyard. And so Isaiah the prophet is lamenting about the vineyard. You can read it. It's just a few verses long. Uh, and then he says, the vineyard is the house of Israel, right? And there, if, if you have a little concordance, you'll see all over the Tanakh, Israel is called the vine of God that is looking for restoration, looking for restoration. And so it's very interesting because in the Brit Hadashah, there's a famous, a famous uh, little word from Yeshua himself about the vine. 
and, and about uh, uh, the vineyard. And he's actually taking this parable from Isaiah and applying it uh, uh, to himself and to Israel and to the whole world. And it is in the Brit Chadashah in John chapter 15. I just wanted to read a few verses. He says, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. If you go back on your own time this afternoon and you read the beginning of Isaiah chapter 5, you will read those words. You'll read those words. It comes from there. Okay? I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. The point is, is that he takes care of the of the he takes care of the vine. And when you take care of a vine, you gotta, you know, uh, Peter is looking at me. I, I'm I'm a little intimidated because uh, Peter is like a vine dresser. You know what I mean? He's a, uh, and, and so you you prune it. You know, you you have to cut it back so it grows better and and all of that. Uh, and so uh, he goes on to say here uh, in verse uh, four, abide in me and I in you. Abide means meno in Greek. Live, live, like be at home, be at home, okay? Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me. It says, I'm the vine. Yeshua was saying, I'm the vine, you're the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, it's thrown away as a branch and dries up, and they gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it shall be done for you. Uh, by this is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. Just as the Father loved me, I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love, these things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be made full. And then he says this, This is my commandment, that you love one another, just as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that one lays down his life for his friends. You are my friends. Do what I command you. So that, I think that's a very appropriate, uh, very appropriate here. Uh, what Yeshua is saying is that he's saying, I am the quintessential vine of the vineyard uh, of Israel. And uh, God has sent me that, you know, to restore Israel and, of course, the nations, but to restore Israel. And so abide in me and the vineyard is indeed uh, restored which was the vision, certainly the vision of Isaiah and the vision of Asaf and, 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 and all of that. And, and so Yeshua is saying that. But then he says, not only abide in me, dwell in me. That's another story for another day, uh, you, you know, uh, for us exactly what that means. Identifying with Yeshua, trusting in him, living in him uh, in, this, in this world being empowered by the Ruach, uh, HaKodesh, uh, to live this way. So then we might say, so what does it mean to dwell in the vine? What does it mean to be restored? What does it actually mean, right? So Yeshua says, he, he picks this. Of all things he, he could have said, you know, he could have said something like, um, 
Uh, if you abide in me, uh, you will be sure to make sure that you're facing directly east when you say the Abidah. Uh, but he doesn't say that. Uh, he doesn't say, uh, if you abide in me, you will be sure uh, that uh, you do the correct offering or put the tefillin on correctly or that you say the right prayer at the right hour uh, or that you follow these 10 steps. Uh, and if you follow these 10 steps, then uh, you can abide in the vine. Like jump through these hoops and you can abide in the vine. No, he says love one another. Love one another. Shine right? <laughs> Love one another. Uh, that's how you abide in the vine. And of course, uh, you know, we read from last week's Torah portion, right? I, I don't hold a grudge, but love your neighbor as yourself. And uh, certainly uh, Yeshua himself said that there you go. Love your neighbor as, as, as yourself. Uh, and he gave a lot of examples of that. Uh, you know, uh, I wrote down, or shall I say cut and pasted, uh, all the places in the Brit Hadashah where we read love one another. It's in 13 different places. No, I won't read them, okay? Uh, but it's all over the place, all right? Love one another. And so this is a great value uh, uh, to the Messiah. And it is interesting that uh, when uh, the Messiah uh, came, right, and he rose from the dead, right, and he ascended uh, uh, to heaven, then the, uh, the, the Ruach was poured out, right? The Ruach was poured out. And if you look at that passage very carefully, and that is in the second chapter of the book of Acts, the history book of the Brit Hadashah, it says very specifically in that event, okay, uh, it talks about the people that were there. The people that were there. It says here in verse uh, 9, 10, and 11, I'm really putting myself on. I really should ask someone else to read this and put them on the spot to pronounce all these names. But, okay. Uh, uh, the Parthians and the Medes and the Elamites and the residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Phrygia, uh, Pamphylia, Egypt, the districts of Libya around Cyrene, and visitors from Rome both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them in our own languages, speaking of the mighty deeds of God. And so when uh, the Ruach was poured out, the, the beginning of the Brit Hadashah, not the book, the Brit Hadashah, but the beginning of the event of the new covenant, we see that the Ruach, one Ruach, one spirit is poured out on and this is like a microcosm of the of the end of the you know of the alam haba it's like a, the 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 beginning of the end and you see arabs jews people from rome all over the middle east all receive the ruach and they're speaking one language they they're, they're in other words they can all understand each other they can all understand each other this great vision of unity of different peoples and people groups who are who stay different people groups, yet bound together by the oneness, indeed, you know, of uh, uh, of God. And so, how important is it uh, uh, for us uh, as uh, as a messianic Jewish community to demonstrate this oneness 
uh, this unity of, uh, of, of, people, of people groups in Messiah. When we talk about uh, this restored vineyard, certainly it applies uh, indeed uh, to all of us, to Jew and Gentile alike. But it is very interesting that Yeshua chooses that from Isaiah chapter 5 to say, I'm co- I've come to restore to restore Israel. And, and you know, when he was born, what do we read? He's a light of revelation to the nations, to the Gentiles, and the glory of Israel. Like the vine of the, vine of the vineyard, you know? Uh, that's who he is. And in him, there is the restoration of Israel to be a light indeed to the nations. Uh, and that is the vision that God has for us, a light to the nations. Uh, and, and so, indeed, that is uh, how we uh, are called to live. So we are in this time of uh, counting the Omer, uh, and we have taken this as a very special time of, of sort of restoring our, our vision and, uh, and a renewal of meaning and purpose and, and all of that. And so, uh, you know, let us press on, let us uh, pursue this way of life. And so in another place in the Brit Chadashah, in Colossians chapter 3, uh, we read here uh, uh, in verse 9, Do not lie to one another since you have laid aside the old self with its evil practices and, and have put on a new self, uh, being renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created the one. Again, coming from the Shema, the one who created him. A renewal in which there is no difference, really, between Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free men, but in Messiah is all and in all. Again, maintaining who we are, yet bound together by the oneness of God. Not just simply putting up with one another, which is part of it, (laughs) but really uh, being organically, one might say spiritually organically, one, yet with all of our varieties of cultures and people groups. And so very practically, he says, and so as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, bearing with one another, forgiving each other, whoever has a complaint against anyone, Just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. And beyond all these things, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. And so, you know, the vision of Beit HaGefen uh, clearly is a vision of, uh, you know, what is in our calling as, uh, as Jews to be not just a light to the nations in terms of believing something, but in terms of this oneness. And so it's a a marvelous work that's being done. And so may we take that vision indeed for ourselves in Messiah Yeshua. Uh, as we read here, as we read here, and as we seek to demonstrate, certainly amongst ourselves in our own uh, uh, community, but even outside of our uh, uh, community, how do we do that? Again, what what are we saying? Let's not be passive, right? But let's pursue this kind of life. How do we do that? By looking for opportunities, 
looking for opportunities to love one another and love one another with a, a sacrificial uh, a kind of love, uh, reaching out beyond our comfort, comfort level, beyond our politics, right? Uh, uh, beyond uh, uh, our comfort zone, beyond our neighborhood, beyond people that look like me and sound like me, right? People with needs or just others. You know, we could say others or the other, right? To, to reach out, to look for opportunities. We could just say in general, to serve one another. And, uh, you know, we might say, well, what difference does that make? And someone asked the other night, right? Well, you know, uh, is this affecting uh, the issues in the West Bank and, you know, in Gaza and all that? But you got to start someplace, right? We have to start someplace. And, you know, uh, I'm going to paraphrase and butcher uh, the, this uh, uh, proverb, proverbial statement. I think it's a Chinese proverbial statement that if you're going to walk a thousand miles, you have to begin by putting one foot in front of the other, right? And so, you know, it, be it begins with you and me. And in Messiah Yeshua, we're called to live out the future, bringing the future, pulling the future down into this world. And this is how you do it. And so uh, may, may we be encouraged with the calling that we have uh, being part of this vineyard. And really, Jew and Gentile both being part of this uh, vineyard, abiding in the vine, abiding in the Messiah, being empowered by the Ruach HaKodesh to live this kind of life. So let's pray and uh, let's uh, give thanks for our friend Asaf who's with us today. God, uh, thank you for the calling for which you have called us. God, may we indeed during this time of counting the Omer, during this time of fasting and praying, during this time of praying for a renewal of vision and, you know, and purpose and, and energy and enthusiasm, oh Lord, may you open up opportunities for us today, here today, or outside on our way home, or, you know, wherever we may go uh, this week that that all the small decisions that we make of where we go and what we do and who we interact with all add up, all add up to turning this world upside down and being like a shaliach from you to this world, a representative, an ambassador of Messiah to this world, Lord. And may, by the way we operate in our lives, may people say, yes, peace, kindness, compassion. I want some of that. And so, God, may it indeed begin with us. May we enflesh those character traits that you indeed have placed in us. In Messiah Yeshua, we pray in Messiah's name.